Welcome to the Hello Happy Podcast. I'm Nicole. And I'm Luke. Join us each week as we talk about family, fun, and faith. Hey everyone, and welcome back to our second episode of the podcast. As we talked about last time, our hope every episode is to talk a little bit about fun, family, and faith. And so we thought we'd kick off the show today talking about our most embarrassing moment, which not fun for us to share, but maybe fun for you to listen to. So cool. Luke, go ahead and kick us off. Oh, I get to go first? Okay. Um, so mine was painful both for the ego and the body. Um, it would have been about eight years ago. We were trying to get the wood floors in, well, laminate floors, uh, in before the baby was born. And so I'm one of those people that I can procrastinate like crazy, but once I kick off a project, then I have to, I call it close the window. You know, it's like having a window popped open on your your windows, uh, on your laptop. And so for me, once a project starts, like I got to get it done. It drives me nuts if it sits undone. So we're doing the wood floors. We knock out, you know, I had help. Uh, So we knocked out the living room fast. We knocked out the hallway and bedrooms pretty quick. What was left was our master bedroom. And so um, Nicole's out of the house with her mom. And we should say that in our bedroom, we had a massive headboard, like bed frame. I'm, I was going to get there. Oh, okay. Well, Sorry, go ahead. Well, I'm crafting a story here. Uh, yeah, so Nicole leaves and is like, don't, you know, don't do anything crazy while I'm gone. Well, I take that to mean I can still work on the bedroom without her. So I go to our bedroom. I start to rip up our carpet. And we had, as Nicole said, a massive headboard. It was like two giant columns that were probably about six feet tall. Yep. And they had really, really sharp corners. Yeah. Everything's got corners. And I mean, this thing probably weighed 50, 60 pounds. And isn't it funny? That's pre-children furniture for you. Like we would never, now that we have all these children, we would never have something like that. And so the headboard is disconnected from the frame and it's leaning against the wall. And so I start moving furniture out, and I I go to rip out the carpet, and being an idiot, the carpet's still kind of under the headboard, but I just pull the last strip. And so carpet comes out, I throw it out of the room, but I guess in doing that, I kind of shook the headboard a little bit so it wasn't sturdy. So I get down on the ground to start laying panels, and the, I'm on the ground, and the headboard falls and the top corner hits the back of my head and the amount of velocity it must have had to fall and because you were squatting down I, I was I was like on my knees luckily I got my forearm up a little bit to kind of hit a piece of it but like immediately you know hurt like crazy you know when you get hit and you're just like that that was a good hit so I touched the back of my head and my hand is just covered in blood I get to the bathroom, I grab a towel, I hold it to my head, it is immediately filled with blood. Um, so <laughs> I call Nicole, because she's out, she doesn't answer. Oh, I feel so bad about that. I then call my parents, because they live about 10 minutes away, and I mean, it's so awesome to have your parents close, but at the same time, it's so embarrassing when you're grown up, and you're calling your mom and dad to be like, bail me out, I've just messed up. 
So I call my mom and dad. Uh, they're like, we're on our way. We're on our way. But you forget you also opened the front door. Well, well, so I'm not there yet. Oh, sorry. So then I'm like, I've got it on speaker. I'm bleeding profusely. I'm like, let me get to the front door and let me get the door open so that like if, if they come and get me and I'm passed out or whatever, like I can get out quickly. But what he forgot to say is that in previous self-defense training, he's told me, if the door is ever open to your house, you never just walk in. I mean, at the point, I'm probably concussed a little bit here. Okay. I know, but I was so, so I immediately walked up the door and was like, oh, So gosh. anyway, I am woozy as all get out. I get to the front door and I'm like, I'm, I'm about to pass out. So I'm, I'm on the floor in the living room and I'm bleeding. And I'm like, I can't get blood on the new floors. <laughs> so I crawl back. <laughs> to the kitchen because I'm like if I'm gonna bleed out at least let me do it in a room that's not the nice new floors <laughs> so at the same time Nicole shows up at the house like 30 seconds later my parents show up at the house they rush me to the clinic and thankfully right everything's okay but to add insult to injury and by the way I'm like nine months pregnant at the time while we're at the clinic um, they come in and, you know, they, they finally kind of stopped the bleeding a little bit. They come in and, you know, they, they send the first lady to clean me up. They're like, you're going to need stitches. We got to get you stitches. So they send the second lady in. And she goes, oh, they already shaved you because they needed to shave my head for the, the stitches. And I was like, no. No, they did not. <laughs> they did not shave me. Luke's just bald. <laughs> <laughs> that was when I started realizing uh, – might, it might be time to let the hair go. So that's, I'll give that one is, because I mean, you have my wife who's pregnant, you have my mother-in-law, my parents, and then everybody had told me don't do anything dumb while we're gone, and I basically almost killed myself. That was actually very scary, and uh, my embarrassing moment is not as physically painful, but definitely was super embarrassing. There were three tiers of steps going down towards the bottom where the professor was where you turn in your exam. And I finished with my exam before everyone else, and I was <laughs> super nervous. I guess because I was, I don't know, because I was a freshman, I'm not sure. But I was super nervous, and I walked down the stairs, I turned in my paper, I turned to go up the first flight of stairs, and I tripped hard. Like, tripped and fell. Everyone looked up from their tests and stared at me. I was like, no big deal, just keep going. So I walk up and I go to the second flight of stairs and I trip again. I'm not that clumsy of a person. <laughs> By this point, everyone is now staring at me. And I'm going up to the third flight of stairs. I've made it up the third flight. And when I get to the very last step, I trip and fall. And pretty much everybody at that point was like, bless this girl's heart, like just poor thing. Were you wearing heels? I wasn't wearing heels. I was wearing flip-flops. I basically <laughs> kicked, like, the top of the stair. You know, if you ever done that? Where you, mm -hmm. like, nick just the top of it? It was pretty mortifying. So, yeah, that is my, that's one of my most embarrassing moments. I'm sure I have many more, but <laughs> that's one of them. And, um, yeah, so there you go. There's a little bit more about us. Now, what we wanted to focus on today is talking a little bit about um, how becoming a parent changes you, changes your mindset. It can change um, your marriage, changes so many things. And so 
we kind of want to walk you through how that changed for us when we became parents a little more than seven years ago. Yeah, I mean, it's uh, it's a crazy thing when you think about becoming a parent. I, I remember a lot of people telling me before we had kids that you just, it's not really describable. And you won't know until you have your own. And it was funny because, you know, worked in children's ministry, uh, you know, kind of mentored some kids. I, I thought maybe I kind of knew. Uh, and then you have your own kid and you realize they're right. It just, it kind of reminds me of that scene at the end of the Grinch when his heart grows two sizes bigger. <laughs> it's like, you just, it, it changes the way you think about everything. Uh, for, for us, it was kind of interesting because when Ty was born, our oldest, he came out and he had some breathing issues at first. So like he doesn't start crying, turns blue. They, they call it code blue at the hospital, which is, you know, Super scary. Well, and apparently, if you do have a C-section, this can be more common because it's when they pull the baby out, they're kind of pulling them the opposite direction. Anyway, and so he swallowed a bunch of the yuck, and when they took him out, he was not breathing at all. It it was crazy because it wasn't a long time. I mean, they got him breathing pretty quickly. But there was that, you know, 10 seconds. When they called a code blue, that is like, I immediately in my brain started thinking about how am I going to tell my mom that this baby died? <laughs> Gary. No, it's crazy because you're sitting there, and yes, you've spent nine months like reading about the baby, preparing for the baby. You're excited about the baby, but you don't know this person. You, you, don't, you don't know the character. You don't know the personality. But you're sitting there in that moment. I was like, this is all that matters in the world right now. And it, it was kind of a beautiful realization of how that's how life was going to change from that moment on was – this little human being, like, this is the most important thing. Right, right, definitely. And what's interesting, and I've always, I've always told my friends this, is we spend so much time when we're pregnant reading all of the books, like what to expect when you're expecting. And all I could think is after the child is born, like, wait, where was the book for? <laughs> Why wasn't I reading books about what to expect after the baby gets here? Because that's when it really really became challenging. Yeah, there's this weird feeling like when you're walking out of the hospital with a baby, you're kind of looking around like, are you guys going to let me do this? We even said that to each other. We were like, we get to leave with the baby? Like, like They're, they're just going to let me walk out with this kid and like, <laughs> that's it. Like, you guys just trust me to know what to do with this thing. Okay. Should we circle back and say Ty spent a couple of hours in the NICU and he was totally fine? Totally fine. <laughs> but it was, I mean, I actually am thankful for that moment now. And that it was the, it was just a great wake up call. Like, hey, mom and dad, I run this thing. Like, <laughs> right, right, exactly. So for you, Nicole, what was the biggest change from being a parent to not being a parent? Yeah, I think as a mom, almost instantaneously, I completely stopped thinking about myself and started thinking about this little creature and all of my love, time, and energy went into caring for him. And I think that's where we hear so much about um, moms and self-care because moms tend to say, I'm going to put all of my energy into this little person and I'm going to put myself second. And um, I think it also, when, and just in regards to marriage, you know, you only have the two of, of you and your spouse to think about. And when you introduce a new baby, it's like, whoa, there's a whole new person here and a new person to get all of the attention, love, and care. Yeah, I would say it's similar. I mean, you don't 
I mean, not to be negative, but before you have kids, you don't realize how selfish you are. Most of your thoughts, plans, uh, time is, is dedicated to your own self-development. Like, who do I want to be? What skills do I want to improve? Uh, what's my legacy going to be? Um, how, you know, how do I become better? And not that that's necessarily a bad thing, but for me, just once the kids started showing up, it was weird. Like, it's not that I don't care about my own legacy or, or making an impact in the world, but I now realize my greatest opportunity to make impact in this world is those three kids. And so I'm much more concerned now with who are they, what skill sets do they have, um, how do I show them love, how do, how do I turn them into awesome little disciples of Christ, how do I, you know, how do I help them become everything they can be? Um, and I think that was just a weird mindset shift because so much before was how do I improve and get better? And, and now that's not so much the case. And even when it, even when I do focus now on myself, because there's a lot of things I want to get better at and improve. A lot of times it's because of what your kids make you realize, you know, like I've realized with my health, like I need to be healthier. I need to be skinnier. Probably shouldn't be doing Oreo challenges <laughs> um, at the middle of the night. But I, a lot of that's because I want my kids to have a proper perspective of health and, and not, you know, learn unhealthy habits from me. But I think, just like you said, that was kind of the biggest change for me. I want to say, too, another big change, like not as important as a mind shift change, but I really enjoy sleep. I am the person that could sleep until noon. And so having a children to me, having children to me was just a total, total <laughs> shock because our kids, our, our boys didn't sleep. Um, they were not good sleepers. They were up like every two hours for eight or nine months almost. Well, I do think people, you know, we've, we've talked a lot with people at church where, um, you know, maybe a couple struggling and they decide like, oh, we're going to have a kid and that'll fix everything. Um, that is probably one of the dumbest ideas ever. Just to be very clear, because <laughs> the reality is when it's just you two, not only do you have a lot of time to focus on yourself, but you have a lot of time to focus on your spouse. So if, if in that moment where all you have is each other and the ability to fully focus on each other and you're struggling, then add a kid who does not care about your schedule, um, add sleep deprivation, add all the other pain that the mom goes through that the dad doesn't even really experience. And if you have a bad foundation to go, going into that, the, the amount of time you have now to focus on each other dramatically de decreases. And so, like, I, my biggest advice to people is be like, if you're thinking about having kids and don't have them yet, make sure your foundation and your marriage is strong. Because if you think the kid's going to fix it, it's not. It's probably going to only highlight mm -hmm. the cracks and that are there. On the flip side, you appreciate your spouse so much more having the strong foundation and getting through, you know, I mean, I could have been slightly cranky, sleep deprived, you know, just like grouchy. <laughs> and um, it's being on a strong foundation helps make the whole entire thing just so much more doable because you work more as a team. I think the other thing is, is I get frustrated at work. Um, sadly, I've now become one of the older people. So it's, it's, it's weird when you go through that transition to being the younger person. So now you're one of the more mature individuals. And so we've, we've recently had folks who are having, you know, their first kids. 
And it's funny because so many people, when they're talking to first-time parents, all of the feedback is negative. It's like, get to sleep now. Go see movies now. If you want to travel, you better do that now. Get used to not having money now. Um, <laughs> and, and all that, like, all of that is legitimate. But the other thing I would always say to people is, like, you will not care. Like, the other thing you're not ready for is just how awesome, how joyful, just how cool it is to be a parent. Yeah, your life changes in just the most best way imaginable. I mean, there would be moments, right? You're up at 3 a.m., you're dead tired. You go out a crying baby, a diaper you need to change, they want to eat, and you're just kind of miserable initially, and then they calm down, and maybe they give you a little smile, and all of a sudden you're like, I'm so glad we're up right now. (laughs) (laughs) And you, you, I learned to just enjoy that time at two, three, four o'clock in the morning. Um, At first it was like, gosh, this is hard, and then it became something so special, because that time was just me and him, and it was just so, yep, loved it. No, and I mean, you just do things, like they they make, the first time they make a noise, and you just... You're obsessed with that noise. Or you'll just stare at them for, you know, 30 minutes. And you're trying to be like, did he smile? He smiled. Did you see that smile? I think he just said something. (laughs) He's so smart. He's only two months old. He said dad, (laughs) clearly. Yeah. So I think that was the other thing is just like, yes, there's there's a lot of pain you don't expect. Um, Your life changes. But at the same time, like, you're also not prepared for the amount of joy that's about to come into your life. Mm-hmm. Yep, absolutely. I think you said it. I think you said it good, Luke. Um, so, closing out. I'm already closing out. Um, I just wanted to share. I think one of the the verses in scripture that um, I think is important. It's it's one I think a lot of people probably know, but it comes from Proverbs 22. And if you don't know, Proverbs is a book of wisdom. And so what the wisdom literature is, is it's not guaranteeing that this always turns out this way, but it's saying, if you do these things, they're going to set you up for success. And so in Proverbs 22, 6, it says, uh, train up a child in the way he should go. And even when he is old, he will not depart from it. And this has always been important to me because it's interesting. Nowadays, I actually hear more people lean into the fact that you can't control what will happen to your children and their own people. So, you know, who's to say what they will become? And, and to a certain degree, I agree with that. Like, your kid is your, they're their own spirit. They have their own path that God has paved for them. Um, they're not going to be just like you. At the same time, I think it's very important for parents to acknowledge you have been given a role unlike any other person in the world to that child. And of all the people in the world who will ever influence them, you are the one that has the opportunity to be the most influential. And so take it seriously. Um, You know, every day I try to think about how am I helping my kids grow? Um, How am I helping them get one step closer to God? And, you know, it's funny because with the kids sometimes you have these moments where you don't think they're listening but they are they're just little sponges and they're always absorbing things 
and that's both for good, bad, and ugly. And so there's been many moments where, like, the kids will say something. Um, what was it what Jakey would say? It's okay. He would go, it's okay. Mm-hmm. He'd say that all the time. He'd go, it's okay. It's okay. And I'm like, where does that come from? And I think well, finally Nicole's like, you say that. <laughs> and I, I never knew that. I was like, I, I don't say that. I was like. And now Elle yells hey at people. And it's definitely because I yell hey at the children. Right. And you didn't, you didn't <laughs> notice that. But just like they pick up those things. If you're the person who's praying regularly, if you're the one who's constantly saying things to lift people up, if you're constantly the one sharing joy or encouraging, I could give Nicole a lot of credit because um, Ellie says, bless you. And we never really trained her on that. And I'm terrible. I'm the worst person in when the world yeah. at saying bless you when they sneeze. And so like the other day, I, I sneezed and Ellie goes, bless you, Dada. And I was like, <laughs> I looked at her dumbfounded, like, how did this kid learn to do this? It's just because she watched. Like, no one trained her to do that. She was just watching Nicole and the kids, obviously not me, and <laughs> learn, like, this is the appropriate thing to do. And so, you know, I, I think the thing I would encourage you as your parent, know that everything you do is a way of training your child. And so I think sometimes as parents, right, when we talk about like our morals or our values, we think those come in the training sessions when we're lecturing or we're disciplining or like we're, we're specifically discussing a topic. But the reality is it, it does come in those moments, but it also comes in every other moment throughout the day. And especially there's these moments where you just don't even think they're paying attention, but they are. Um, and it's funny because one of our kids, Ty, is much more um, focused. So, like, when you talk to Ty, you, he's eye contact. He sits there. So, like, you know it's sinking in. Uh, Jake is just high energy. So, a lot of times you're talking to him, and it's like, I don't know if anything got through. But he will just shock you sometimes with these wonderful little moments where you realize he was learning everything. And it doesn't seem in the moment like he's listening to you at all. Like last night, you want to tell him like when we're uh, the Ty's working on a speech, right? So Ty, our first grader, is in a speech competition, and he's been practicing his speech repeatedly, trying to get it down. He has to memorize it. And Jake was like, "I know the speech," and then he just walks up and says the whole thing, and we're like, "What?" On and, earth? and never has when Ty's practicing is Ty is Jake sitting there? No, he's playing. He's jumping over the couch. He's running around the house. Like you would think. He would barely be aware of this, this speech. But no, even though he's doing all those things, he's absorbed it all. And so, like, you know, Nicole talks a lot on her channel about the, the, the positive, right? Hello, happy. So let's focus on the positive. So just think about that. Um, you as a parent, are you pouring, you know, love and joy and peace and patience and kindness and goodness and, you know, self-control into your children, not just through your words directed at them, but through your actions of your life. And I think, you know, what scripture tells us is if we focus on that and if we show that to them, even at a very young age, those are the kind of things that stay with them for a very long time. Well said, Luke. I think that puts a bow on episode two. Thank you guys so much for tuning in. We had so much amazing feedback about the first episode that we we're excited to come back for the second. And 
We'll see you again next week. Thanks for spending some time with us today. If you like what you heard, please subscribe and leave a review. You can find more content at Hello Happy Mom on Instagram or at my blog, hellohappymom.com.